छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, and welcome to Don't Read the Latin. I am your host, Rias Hall, and your other host is also here with me. <laughs> That's it. That's all I get. And we have a special, um, a special guest. Jesus Christ, I can't talk today. What is your name? Okay. Oh, they know who I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they know who I am. This is Jennifer okay. Lovely, and welcoming Jillian Venters. <laughs> yes. There we go. We're All here. Right. Okay. So right now we've got Rias Hall, Jennifer <laughs> Lovely, Jillian Venters, and we are ready to talk to you about dun dun dun, dun horror television. It's I can't history believe you had to put your glasses on to read that. I thought <laughs> you I did it today. I don't know. Something. <laughs> Something um, So, Jen, what have you watched recently? Oh my goodness. So I, I was going through my list and I'm I'm a big proponent of letterboxed. Um, I was using IMDB for all of my lists, but but they really cut back on allowable lists for like non- like it's just they really shut a lot of stuff down uh and i was like god i i don't have any horror listed here what the hell have i been watching i know there's something and then i remembered it's been long enough that we i watched a couple of uh horror movies as the year was ending um so uh i've seen a lot because we had a three-week break um in the horror, I saw The Witch in the Window, which is a Shudder movie. I, at least that's where you can see it without I, having to pay for it. I just resubscribed to Shudder, in fact. Is it a good movie? It is. It is. Oh, right. It's that home renovation. Yeah. So it's, it is a very gentle horror movie. And there's parts of it that are very spooky. And it is a father and son. Um, and they take over house and there's you know he's separated from his wife and that you can see and there's a lot of emotion going on with it both in uh you can tell his longing for his past you know family relationship and his struggle to still connect with his younger son who's probably around like 11 or 12 um and they he was interested in flipping houses while he and his wife were married and she really didn't think much of it because you can be just basically busted yeah by somebody yeah. not buying the house yeah mm-hmm. uh and so he he gets this house and it's pretty inexpensively and wacky as it always happens wacky hijinks ensue um there is a an entity in the house and but it it, it is eerie mm-hmm. and interesting but it never gets really scary um, and it felt very horror light or kind of um, in that ghosty sense of like something like the woman in white. Okay. Um, but it never felt like it went into like full blown horror, but it was okay, interesting. So it's kind of a ghosty movie. It is kind of a ghosty movie and it was good. Um, and I thought there was one other horror that I watched and I don't seem to have anything else down, but I had some in Jen's documentary corner. 
dun, dun, dun. Pretty much. I watched McQueen and The Gospel According to Andre. I've watched McQueen. I have not watched the um, Andre one yet. They're, they're both really good and really interesting. And it's a wonderful period of fashion right. that they cover of going through the 80s and the 90s. Is Andre Leon Talley still writing for Vogue? Yeah. I believe okay. so, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's still okay, good. doing everything. But it's really interesting to see, because he started, I mean, it was in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he went over and did a lot of work in France. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which in a lot of ways, there's portions of Europe that are better to be a black man than, mm-hmm. than it in, in a lot of the U.S. Yes. But there was still, you know, I mean, he was a large, flamboyantly gay Mm -hmm. man. And that, you know, came with a lot of issues. And yet he was still amazing and fabulous and just absolutely taking no one's shit. Um, But I think I I felt like there was a sense of, like, the, the loneliness of his life that he was always so driven and, and he even speaks in the film of hitting a point where he realized he was lonely Mm -hmm. but had been so driven for the other things that he wanted in his life and he kind of felt like his time for that had passed and there's a couple of other especially of that age of of gay men that it was there was such a push for it to be so secretive and even though he wasn't secretive at all but that they, they finding a partner who wasn't secretive at all. Yeah, you and, know, you know, um, the the guy who did the street fashion rode his bike around New York. I can't oh, remember yeah, the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he recently passed away. But watching his, I mean, his documentary is amazing because he was doing the street fashion like up to the day he died. Oh yeah, and he caught trends before they ever happened. It was yeah. something. His name in something's New York. It was uh, like humans of New York. No, it's a no, kin it, something. It was, or, oh, it was his name. His is name. In New York. Yeah, New York. and his I can't remember his name right now. And, and I just and saw so him in a different documentary. But it, but it broke my heart because he again professed to being very lonely. But he's like, you know. I, I couldn't talk about this with my family. It was just something we didn't talk about. Yeah. So it was my the choice I made to live the life I want to lead, which was a very Spartan life outside of this thing that I did, um, which was, you know, literally watching fashion evolve in front of him and catching every spark of a new thing that was coming and starting and loving everyone he saw in New York that was, um, you know, starting these fashions or just, you know, expressing themselves. Yeah. Uh, but really feeling like society didn't allow him to be him. And he, you know, had to keep that part of his life so secret that he deliberately chose to never, you know, even try and find a partner, which is heartbreaking. Yes. Um, I'm trying to listen. Oh, <laughs> so silly. Um, Jim and I have also, we watched all of the most recent season of Daredevil and actually watched uh, the very first episode of the new season of Punisher today. Uh, and where Frank makes the comment that, that everyone is, he, he said, a, a friend told me that everyone is lonely and life is just trying not to be. And uh, that really. Oh, that explains why those crossover fix are popping up. Oh, okay, yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started seeing some crossover fix with my main fandom popping up on oh, AO3. And I'm like, what? Okay, this is a weird crossover. Why? Yeah. Um, I've been getting a lot more since getting the Hulu. 
It's Hulu Live Television. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, you get uh, Turner Classic Movies, East Coast and West Coast, which every once in a while they're showing, like, exactly the same film, but 90% of the time they're not. Uh-huh. And so you have this stream of, of classic movies, and there was a period during the holidays where I was working from home where they were showing all of the Thin Man movies. So I watched, oh. like, the first four. Um, and I've also been getting, like, a new fresh love for noir lately uh-huh. um and i actually just recently purchased uh the tcm uh backlot subscription tcm backlot is amazing i had a i w- had a subscription it's expensive it is it's like and 100 bucks I've or always, so it was like 89 but it, yeah um, but, but it's I've worth all, it so i am still confused as to where to find the value in it because i haven't it's done, all online and that's what's frustrating is you either have to do it with your phone or your computer to like dig around through the site looking for the different videos. And one of the things that I fell down the rabbit hole last night was watching the uh, Robert Osborne Presents where it's uh-huh. those intros that he yeah. did for all of these films. Oh, and they're nice. also, yeah, they would do um, celebrity, um, God, what did they call them? It was celebrity programmers because yes. I know they got celebrities come in, like Carrie Fisher got to come in yep. and choose the three yeah, movies do, she wanted yeah, to show like and then introduce each of them. Oh. And then you introduce each of them where he'll give some, you know, just very over the, you know, uh, overarching description right. of it. And the star that picked the three or four movies gives why it was a movie in their heart. Yes, and the right. one that I watched, uh, it was like a 19 minute video of the four different films. Was uh, uh, Jerry Stiller, which didn't he pass this year? I know his wife passed. Mira? I don't know. I don't think Jerry's. I don't is, know is if he Jerry's still, still around. I, I don't know. And I I'm going to feel terrible. I feel terrible. I would have been that. really upset if I heard that he had died. So I think he's I, still yeah, alive. Yeah, I think he's still okay. alive. Uh, maybe he just was ill. Um, but one of the. There were, there were four movies, and, and it was so silly, but the one that just got me was. Uh, Andy Hardy meets a debutante. Uh, being a kid that yep. only had PBS and CBS growing right. up, I saw all of the Andy Hardy movies. Oh, yeah, me too. And he was like, oh, I, I grew up with them. Like, I was the same age as he was. Mm-hmm. And so I watched all of those. And uh, the one where he meets a debutante is the movie where, I think it is the first introduction of Judy Garland into the Andy Hardy movies. Uh And uh, she's got just this raging crush on Andy, and he doesn't know she's alive. Uh, But he falls in love with this um, kind of trashy debutante (laughs) who will just run her way through men and, and, and takes advantage of everyone and is just kind of terrible in that 1930s, not truly terrible kind of way. Right, right. Um, and, but it just hearing him talk about it in a movie that doesn't come up in conversation anymore. Um, just, I don't know. I was like, oh, I have something in common with, with, you know, um, and outside of that, the only other thing that, um, I watched the second season of Sense8, which was wonderful. And I'd held on to it because once I watched it, it was all gone. And I was saving it to a point, I, I was saving it to somewhere where I needed it, and I kind of needed it lately. We finally watched it. And oh! Yeah, we watched it just this past week, actually. And we'd watched, like, the first half of season two, and then kind of took a break because Pete had stuff he had to get on with, I had stuff I had to get done. And so when we, we wanted to decompress, we were doing different types of media. But also... I like Sense8. But it's but not your bag. It's really. not my bag. Partially because while I am in 
I am old school fandom enough that, you know, I remember when song fix, when you had fic and there were random song lyrics inserted in there and all that made total sense to me. But there was something about how it was. It's pr- it's really pushy. It was. It's super And pushy. now we're having a music video montage constantly. So much orgy. Sent to, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. That I was like, oh, God, no. wrap this up a bit. Wrap this up no. a bit. But I really liked the second half of the last season. That was yeah. a lot of fun. And, but yes, yeah, so and much the final, orgy. The final, like, two plus hour movie that they ended it with was, oh, my God. The Wachowski sisters, man, they fucking love themselves in orgy. And um, many orgy scenes with decorative people. They're All very, right. very, very pretty. Very well, I just finished watching Sex Education, which is oh. an adorable... Dr. Ruth! No, is it, no is it's it, not that one? No, oh. it's about... It, it's set in a high school in England. I think it's in England. It stars Asa Butterfield. And it's about this kid whose mom is a sex therapist. His mom is played by Gillian Anderson, and she is so open with her son about sex that it is... She's Wait, like, is, is she super blonde? Uh-huh. In, is yeah, this, she's got, like, her it, hair's, like, white blonde. It's Jillian, yeah, Jillian Anderson. Well, and right, she comes into, like, his room and she's like, I noticed you've been attempting to masturbate. It's so Don't be so performative about it. Do you think the magazine was a bit much? And she's <laughs> like that with all of his friends. And he's, like, completely embarrassed. Because he is of an age that he has not yet learned about to masturbate and he can't and he's like so ashamed of this and his mom is like if you need to talk and of course the last person he wants to talk to is his mom yes but it turns out because he knows so much about sex he ends up kind of becoming a sex therapist for all the kids in his high school and they start charge starts charging people money but then he's like got this best friend named eric who is flamboyantly gay and who just made me it looks very sweet it's very it's very sweet um, it is does not shy away from the subject of sex, but which honestly, I really enjoy. When people need um, those discussions is when they're teenagers. Yeah, there is a moment where Gillian Anderson is attempt to, is explaining how to put a condom on a um, aubergine. Yeah, <laughs> and of course it, it is, is. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she aubergine gives workshops in the house. Better name than than eggplant. Just, it's yeah. just, it just, aubergine like, is beautiful. His friends can't, he's like, his friend was going to come over. He's like, no, you can't come over. And he's like, why? And she's like, mom's giving a vagina workshop in the living room. It's embarrassing. So that is, and because it's really I have s- seen a snippet because yeah. isn't there the, the guy the who's where a, the guy shows up and he's like, so we had a wonderful date and I really, you know. It's, and he it's, brings it's, her flowers. And, and she's just, like, no. Not right now. No, thanks. Anyway, bye. Not ever. And yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very sweet. It's very funny. Um, it's not something you can watch with your parents. <laughs> not that that's going to be an issue. So I watched that. Um, I watched both the Hulu documentary and the Netflix documentary about the Fire Festival. Did you have a preference? I did. I think I, well, they both have their highlights. The Hulu documentary is angrier. Um... But the so Netflix much, documentary... There's so much snipping about that movie. Everybody is, everybody's angry about that. The Netflix documentary, I felt, was less angry but more balanced. Because it talks to the people who were like, yeah, they were having us work 24 hours to try and build this music festival. We were working like 24-hour days because they were trying to put this giant festival together and make this island habitable for 10,000 people. And they gave us two months' notice. 
And there's the there's this woman that like owned the which is more time than you think they invested in it, but it and was, she had to like and she's like they brought every every person on the island if they could walk they brought them in and were making them work and then they didn't pay them because and so I felt money. it was better because it showed more the effect it had on normal people yeah because the Hulu documentary is like all these rich people got got ripped off this guy's a jerk and I You're I like, found well, it much more moving that. Yeah. If you can afford to pay that much money to go to a music festival, you're probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the people that lived on the island that they weren't did. rich people that got screwed over, yeah. I have much more of a visceral reaction for them. Yeah. Yes. So I, I liked the I liked both of them. They both had different footage. Um and they were both a good source of Schadenfreude. <laughs> Um, other than that, I watched a movie called Madness of King George. Oh, that's... I it's, find it that was, movie adorable. I it's love so it so sweet. much. And is it his, Jeff, Jeffrey Rush, or is that a different one? No. no. It's, it's... I don't what remember am I who thinking it is. Of? It's got Helen Mirren as his Helen wife. Mir- okay. And they haul him away because he is mad. And she... And they have this beautiful scene where she and the king are in their bedroom together. Good night, Mrs. King. Good night, Mr. King. Yes, and they're just so sweet. They're so sweet. And she's so nice to him. And she sees him being taken off to the asylum, and she knows what asylums are like. And she's like, goodbye, Mr. King. And there's tears in her eyes. And I'm like, oh, Helen Mirren, you deserve every Oscar you ever got for this. It was beautiful. Let's just create some more for you to have. And then um, one of my favorite unseen, unknown horror movies was on TCM last night, and that is Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, starring Susan Tyrell and uh, I keep wondering, it's a kid that, I keep thinking it's Willie Ames, but it's not. It's Jimmy McNichol. Very, it's a very 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Susan Tyrell has raised him from a child because he's her nephew and her par- his parents were both killed leave- in a car accident. And she's always, like, he's lying in his bed in the morning and his blankets are down and she's over there and she leans down over him. And she's just completely, completely lecherous. And then she's like, wake up, sweetie, it's time for school. And you're like, ah, ah. And I'm hearing that in Susan Tyrell's voice. Oh, yeah, because Susan Tyrell had a great voice. Didn't she, though? And (laughs) it is... I believe the most amazing thing I've seen her done as an actress, including yeah. the thing she got an Oscar nomination for, which was um, Fat City, I think. It was a John Huston film. She's done, like, such a wide variance yeah. of movies. Like, I mean, but, there's so many people that only ever saw her in, like, Crybaby. Or The or, Forbidden Zone. Or The Forbidden yeah. Zone. And but, yeah, she's, and what she's a sad end. this super sweet aunt who just loves this boy so much. And then he's like, I'm going to try and get a college scholarship and move away. And she, like, becomes crazy possessive. And eventually she starts murdering people and... It is an amazing, amazing horror film, and I highly recommend, if it ever comes on TCM again and you notice it, that you watch it, because crazy, crazy, crazy. So, Jillian, what have you been watching? Um, other than season two of Sense8, we've been re-watching a lot of, of action movies, so uh, Atomic Blonde, John Wick... Um, Is this mainly driven by Pete? I was the one who suggested John Wick the other okay. day. I have never seen John Wick, and I really want to. It is, and we were driven to do this because the, show it the trailer, because trailer for three dropped recently. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. there was that, and 
I would happily show it for a horror movie. For they're me, fun. It, they're fun. My night, my rules. <laughs> exactly. Well, Monty will have to come then. Other than that, it's we haven't. Pete and I haven't really been watching anything. He's been playing Warframe. I've been reading trashy vampire books or fanfic. So, have or sometimes seen... combining the two. God damn it! But you know, Nightmare Maker actually got a Code Red Blu-ray release. Yes, I know. And now you can't find them used for under two hundred dollars. Um, I see one on eBay for ninety nine ninety five, but still, that's too fucking much. Are they the ones that do? like the they don't know uh twilight time is the one that does only 2000 print releases i think code uh, just um, does um, really small. yeah i think olive also does but the, yeah i've been very trying. small batch i i've been trying all yeah before i knew it was available on code red it was gone and there were 200 dollars. Yeah. i was like i can't do it uh do you have a region free blu-ray player Yes, of course. Okay, I presumed you would. Of course I do. <laughs> of course. Speaking of Blu-rays. Because I am seeing it um, like $16.50 uh, for region free yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Speaking of Blu-ray players, have you seen the new Crimson Peak that recently came out? Oh, the beautiful deluxe box set that I can't justify getting right now? Yes. Just the Blu-ray. And wasn't it like a rear, really weird distributor that it's got yeah. like did it? Hours. It's got like hours and hours and hours and hours because of special didn't, features. Didn't the, the Blu-ray is, release come, that came out, did it not, didn't it not really have very no, much it features? No, it okay. had a bunch of special features and when I looked at the listing for the special features on that fancy deluxe Blu-ray set, it they seemed to match up with the special features that I had on my Blu-ray. This and is that, a new one that just came out Tuesday, yeah. I think. Well, yeah, it was a special, there okay. was a special pre-order and it looked like all of the art that came with it was also stuff that was in okay because the, the one I saw wasn't Crimson in the box Peaks book. So I will okay. I will have to double check. I because when I, I picked when I went with Jana today, she's like, I got that new Crimson Peak, and I've just been watching the special features for hours. And I'm like, you monster! No, there were a whole bunch of special features okay. on the Blu-ray. And I will pipe in that I know when you search for things on on ebay that you are going to get things that are not legitimate yeah i know yes and the only time i do that is when things are like so out of print that you can't get them via other legitimate means because i am very anti-piracy yes i'm pretty sure i can get a legitimate copy of it for a reasonable price if i so wanted to right now right exactly okay i know I have friends in, in <laughs> obscure film labs and such. Um, so, pretty caught up. The only two other things that I needed to mention is I did see Bad Times at El Royale. And I want to watch that. I really liked it. Yeah, um, everybody says it's fun. We'll get around to it. I, I just really enjoyed it. I really liked everybody, even the unlikable characters. Um, it, it felt... Um, it's a very long movie, and it doesn't feel terribly long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it does what those ensemble movies that are ultra-violent that Tarantino tries to do lately that are so hateful and nasty. Like, I'm so sick of his it, crap. No shit. I'm tired of your crap, Quentin. And, but it's um, it was just so much goddamn fun. Does it have, like every Tarantino movie... Does it have those rambling, never-ending monologue parts? Not so much. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> um, the other thing that uh, Jim and Tecla and I went and saw, the new Bumblebee, which if you have any of you out there have a fond memory of the original Transformers cartoons, um, it is 
just an absolute goddamn delight. It is a sweet movie. Um, they they hint at a romance that just doesn't happen because she says no. Every time you guys have mentioned Bumblebee, I have had no context for it. So I'm like, uh, oh, so like the B movie? I- yeah. No, I <laughs> know it's the new. I know okay. it's the Transformers movie. I know that there people are saying, oh, good, there's finally a good Transformers movie. But I never liked the Transformers. I didn't. I wasn't into the cartoons. I, I, I'm not into I did cars not that see turn any into of it. I was only aware of it in a pop culture sense. Um, but as it's something that Jim absolutely loves, it was a wonderful thing for Tekla and I to see with him. That's mm-hmm. great. That made yeah. him so If happy. it means something to and somebody, was, that, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. different. I mean, he still has all of his childhood Transformers. Um, and the only other thing that I saw, which I had had really, really high hopes for and did not enjoy, was A Simple Favor, which is the latest movie from... Why can't I remember his name? From He's the director of Bridesmaids and, Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters and... Paul Fig. Paul Fig. Um, it is, it, it feels directed like a modern noir where this woman makes another mom friend. Oh, that uh, one, right. Yeah. And the oh, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer for it and I wasn't sure if it was a horror movie. Kinda. Or um, a comedy. Kinda. It is, it is very much, it's without being dark, like in, in like dark and shadowy and moonlight sense. It is dark in that noir sense, um, where right. everybody has a backstory and a history that might not bear scrutiny. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to like it so much more than I did, but I did really, really appreciate it. But I didn't like it that. It just left me a little okay. at the end of it. So, well, on that note, I mean, that's everything that. Okay. So, and sorry, there's a lot of talking, but um, no, it was three fine. weeks three weeks since we've recorded so there's a lot of it's, shit it's your podcast you yeah. get to talk I can a lot talk as much as i want so tonight we're talking about horror tv and i actually did some re- did research on horror tv fantastic and up until the 60s like in 64 up until then pretty much every horror movie show that there was was a little episodic show like Twilight Zone Twilight where, or One Step Beyond where each show was a different show. Yeah. Um, it was either that or it was um, from 54 to 55, the vampire had her show yeah. where she would show a horror movie and then do little interstitial segments. Mm-hmm. And then there were a few more of those that took off over the country where they just show old horror movies. But up until 64, which was when the Addams Family and the Munsters came on, there were not any horror shows. Or even horror-themed shows. That were the same family every week. Oh, yeah. For the same group. Um, and then after Addams Family and the Munsters came on is when Dark Shadows started. Because I always Woo-hoo! thought Dark Shadows was the first episodic no. yeah, storytelling like horror show. Yeah, that's 69. 66 through 71. Yep. And they went 10 months before they brought in the vampire. Yes. And then their ratings went up suddenly. And I've heard that the first 10 months of the show, it wasn't very supernatural. It, it wasn't was just at a all. normal soap opera. It was a normal kind of gothic romance mm-hmm. soap opera. Yeah, they didn't bring in the supernatural elements into what, until what we would consider second season. Oh, which yeah. is why whenever anyone asks me about watching Dark Shadows, I'm like, just skip the first, like quote-unquote season don't even right, bother but it's super hard to watch because there's like two th- there's 1225 episodes yes. because it was so basically you, shot as a soap opera yeah it yeah. was showed every day yep. it's one of the few memories i have of my brother because i was super tiny 
My, uh, and, my mother insisted I turned out the way I did because she watched Dark Shadows while she was pregnant with me yeah. and then through my toddlerhood. My I mom laughs been... at my, my very, my very, like, <laughs> he was a super, my grandfather, who was super, like, viewed himself as this intellectual and this artist, mm-hmm. and, and everybody was not as smart as he was, but he fucking loved Dark Shadows and watched it religiously when he could. I remember the theme. <laughs> I remember my brother coming home from school every day when he was in high school, and he would run into the house, and he would put his books down, and he would turn on the TV, and then Dark Shadows would start. Yeah, yep. He would rush home to see Dark Shadows. So, even though I was two years or three years old at the time, oh, yeah. I don't remember the show, but I do remember the theme song. Oh, yeah. Every time I hear it, it brings back those three-year-old memories of my brother. It's really weird. It's it's really funny because on and off for the last 40 years, I have watched Days of Our Lives because my mm-hmm. mom watched it before, when, you know, before I was school age. Right. And every, like, every five years or so, I'll go through a stint where I'll watch it just pretty religiously. In. Just got to check in. Because see? a lot of the people that I saw 40 years ago are still on the goddamn I show. Know. And then it'll do something that is just so fucking stupid. I have to like drop it. Right. And but then five years later, I go back. No, we gotta know what Roman's up to now. I know. Oh I, my god, he's what? That's not Roman. I'll I'll go through uh-huh. and watch like you know five that's or Chris Jack. I'll watch five or ten episodes <laughs> of Dark Shadows, and then I'll be like, okay, my my threshold for cheese is is it's fine. Fast. And yeah. if I need to, if I need more cheese in this universe, I do have a whole bunch of the Dark Shadows novels. But yeah. you know, there's so many of those things that aren't they're they're like neo horror for horror television because it's like mm-hmm. it's it's the aesthetic it's you know it's the adams family adams family and monsters you know uh dark shadows you know scooby-doo where it's like say the thing say the, the history thing dude every this is interesting because i just found this out as a gothic woman this is interesting because the reason that vampira got her show was because she won a costume contest in the 50s in Los Angeles, and she was dressed up as that woman from the Charles Adams comics. <gasps> yes. Because that woman oh didn't have God. a name. Yeah, she didn't so, have a name. So oh, then, yeah. they wanted to, they're like, we love that, we want you to host a horror show, and she's like, I would love to do that, but we're going to have to change things, because one, I don't want to be sued, and two, that character doesn't have a name or anything. So she decided she was going to be a vampire character, she was gonna be wear a super low cut, super tight outfit. Bless of course, she was heart. famous for her corseting even before then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she'd done a lot of magazine modeling, and um, and so they're like, and she's gonna have this body sense of humor, and that's that is where that archetype came from. The entire arth- archetype that gothic ladies subculture is built on comes from Charles Adams, and that makes me so happy. We love Charles Adams. It is such a good thing. It's true. His birthday was last week. Yep. Did we celebrate? In our way. In our way. In our way, we did. I felt momentarily cheerful. So I kind of took a, um, I took two approaches, because I have some real recent um, uh, television horror that just fucking floats my boat is the favorite stuff that i'm mm-hmm. seeing it's like and it's amazing right. and I, it's really scary but i have some favorites from right. earlier on that both well, imprinted me a little mm-hmm. bit or i just loved and i'm not vouching for like how good or 
No, I think that were. what I was doing is I'm just kind of going through and talking about oh, yeah. the, what the general history was. Oh, was no, I'm just saying nothing this episodic. Was my yeah. Then you got the Adams Family, the Monsters, Dark Shadows, and that was in the 60s. 69 is when Scooby Doo came on, and then the 70s and 80s, things just took off. Yeah. Especially the 80s. The 80s were kind of the golden age yeah. of this stuff. And even and, and continuing the shit until age, now, there's great there stuff some, now. There was great stuff, and there was some really, really awful. Yeah, stuff. And there was still a ton <laughs> of episodic stuff, but there was interesting episodic stuff. Like yeah. Friday the Thirteenth was an episodic show, so, but it had a through way a through plot. So this is where characters. I'm going to just bring everything to a grand screeching halt because Friday the Thirteenth the series, I I fucking loved it, and I had a little black and white television in my room that got slightly because the thing is Fox started in like eighty seven. Um, 86 or 87 uh-huh. and it was like there's this big hoo because it was like the fourth network station right yeah. and it was a big it was. deal other and than that before that nbc abc cbs and if you were uh, lucky you got P- PBS. pbs and so um we had uh, a, a tv antenna on our trailer house and but I had on this little black and white tv that had rabbit ears oh. um i could i could catch the 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 it was a UHF UHF station and it was it was a uh, Fox, and that was where I caught and I'm not going to sing any praises for uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, uh, which Freddy's Nightmares because it was really oh, fucking terrible. There it was pretty I, terrible. I will say there were like two really good really scary episodes. They did an episode um, that was Freddy's start and and Freddy before he died, and it was pretty scary and they had a couple of other but mainly they were just utter yeah, it trash was, it, was a, it was a garbage show and you know garbage the, garbage and I of which i still own it even though it's never going to get released um because i i found it fell off a wagon somewhere um but friday the 13th series like the first two seasons are fun and delightful and it's this silly story about these two kind of not related they're cousins only in like you know, they're t- TV t- cousins. Yeah, they don't really they don't really know that each aren't other. actually related, and um, they inherit an antique shop. Yeah, uh, basically these uh, their uncle and this one man had a partner where they collected antiques. Unbeknownst, well, no, they then they in the, the the uncle Lewis, who is the evil one, knew that they were he'd made a deal with Satan, and all of these antiques got. Um, cursed. cursed, and so his partner was kind of trying to keep pulling them back in. Right, it's our business plan. <laughs> it pretty much is. Yes, Lewis, Lewis dies. The two cousins come in. Neither of them really want them. The one kind they of, didn't know the, the the cousins they didn't know they were cursed. Don't know these things are cursed, so they keep and, selling them for a while. Well, no, 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 not even for a while. They have a like t- a weekend sale, like a two day sale, where they sell everything in the store because they can't find the partner and may not even know the partner exists. And at that point, they're just kind of trying to get le- rid of the last dregs, right? Because they've inherited this stuff, and that they want. The, and, and they Ryan don't want the antiques. Kind of wanted to keep it because he was like running a store like this would be awesome. And he's a comic nerd, and he didn't. He was really shiftless. But the the female um, cousin like had a life in the city and that didn't want to have anything to do with this. And so all of a sudden, the old partner comes in, and he's like, "No, there's like these are." bad things and yeah, we have you to get sold them back. This, stuff? this is a problem people are going to die and so they spend the next couple of years desperately and knowing that they are to blame for these artifacts being out there hurting people and the very very first episode has sarah polly as a young girl who gets this cursed doll and it is very much the um 
Tarantina. It is like it is just where it's like really scary and really lethal. And if somebody bothers you, I will hurt them until they die. And um, and Sarah Polly like really does this balancing act of being a little girl who's been kind of abandoned by her father who just remarried and being shitty because she finally was given some power. You know, and right. it's a really shitty situation that they're left in that they didn't know they hurt all these people. And it's just, it's a really good story. And it really, like, fucking shits the bed and finally in the third season. And it really just dra- well, yeah. drags it itself just to, drags to death itself on. But for the first it couple, so it's a really good show that on it's Friday the 13th at the, at the video store I worked with, we couldn't play the Friday the 13th movies because they're rated R. So we would just show the, put the TV show on and watch it all yep. day. And it was really good. It was well written. There are some stories in it that I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, there's that one about the, the guy things. that gets the locket. Yeah. And he's totally in love with this rock star, this female rock star. I think she's played by um, oh, uh, Vanity. I think Vanity plays her. Yeah. And he's in love with her, and he's a stalker, and he gets this necklace, and it lets him get close to her, and it makes her like him, and then eventually he starts to turn into her, and she starts to be absorbed into her body, and it is messed up. There's and a it couple is, of wow. that are really It terrifying. was the first one I ever saw, and I was like, I don't know what this show is, but now I love it. But I'm it. in. Yeah. I'm in. All right, then. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Were there any others in the 80s that you guys were really big There's fans of? There's a ton of? of stuff in the 80s. There was um, something called She-Wolf of London, which oh. was a short-lived detective-type show. Yep. And it was actually pretty good, as I recall. I think it was probably Canadian. I had the feeling it was a Canadian show. Um, that was actually it was 90s. When did Cold Trick the Night uh, Stalker air? That's the 70s. Well, I was it's, planning on going seen. through this. Okay. And well, then I, Jen I, decided to talk about something in the 80s, and now I didn't get I, to mention Kolchak or any of the Because I'm not approaching it um, as really like, uh, this is the history of, uh, which you've done a lot more research in this. I kind of just said, this is my favorite stuff. So I'm right, I understand a little bit. But I'm kind of trying to, but I have so much favorite stuff okay. that I had to break it down into eras. Well, let's go into the 70s. Um, in the <laughs> 70s, from 70, well, 59 to 70 is when Scooby-Doo started, yes. which was ghost stories for kids, and that was, was kind of groundbreaking in its way, even though it's dumb. Um, and then in 74, Kolchak the Night Stalker started. Mm-hmm. Originally a TV movie called The Night Stalker, and then a second TV movie, which may have also, for some reason, been called the Night Stalker Vampire in Vegas or something. Yes, because I've the first one was here in Seat- filmed here in Seattle, in Seattle Underground. Right. And it was the basis for that episode of The X-Files with the stretchy guy. Yes. No. It was based on that episode of Night Stalker. And Night Stalker, I absolutely loved that show. I loved the idea that the guy was a reporter for a sleazy tabloid, but even they wouldn't believe his stories. Um, it reminded me a lot of a Larry Cohen movie. Hmm. Um, okay, now I get, I can see that. So slightly filthy, wasn't his stuff? No, on the filthy end. No, he did the stuff. He did okay. uh, it's alive. He did cue the winged serpent, okay. but it kind of has that same vibe. Um, Larry Cohen was famous for his crazy, never getting a permit to film filmmaking style. <laughs> yeah, he filmed a police officer being assassinated in a parade. In a real parade. They just put Andy Kaufman in a police officer's thing and had him march with the cops. Some of the cops knew him and they're like, hey Andy, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm about to get shot. 
But the crowd had no idea that someone was about to get shot or that it wasn't a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, his movies are crazy that way. But Night Stalker, I think, was probably my favorite growing up that was on while I was a kid, was my favorite horror TV show. Because Kolchak had a sense of humor. It wasn't so scary that I would lose sleep over it, which is important when you're a little kid. But it was scary enough, and it had, like, a different monster every week. And that's how I learned about Rakshashas and different kinds of things. And and that's the show that Chris Carter used as an inspiration to actually create the X-Files. And a lot of the the current episodic, or what was current episodic, like Monster of the Week TV, or what used to be Monster uh-huh. of the Week came TV. Came from X-Files. Came, came from X-Files, yeah. Supernatural or, can tie a direct line, at least for its early seasons. Before back it became, when it was Monster of the Week and it was fun, and yeah. before it was Let's Make a Toxic Fandom. Yes. <laughs> Those poor boys. Those poor, poor boys. They're employing a lot of people. That's the main reason they keep doing the show, apparently. Um, so yeah, my favorite was uh, Kolchak. There was a UK show called Beasts by a guy named that was kind of like Play of the Week. Oh, but it was written by Nigel Neal, and every episode was about a different kind of beast or monster. And I found them. I watched them a few years ago, and they're really good. There's a lot of weird folk horror in Pete it. Really and, liked those. Yeah, they're a really good show. Um, and that was in the 70s in the UK. Yeah. But most of the stuff, like, the a lot of the reason that we had episodic horror in the 40s and 50s was because they were repurposing scripts from radio, radio shows. Yep. And the radio shows were so popular, they're like, well, what if we just act this out? Great! But I, I really feel that for some of that, they lost a lot of the atmosphere because one of the... The best mm-hmm. things about the radio shows is your mind is having to fill in all the blank spaces. So the sounds of, like, that creaking door, you know, in your brain, it's the most terrifying thing ever. Right, because you know what that door looks like. But in the studio, it looks like that. It's yeah. just a normal door. It's a normal door, perhaps covered with some cobwebs. And it so that's where I feel the radio plays, the radio shows never translated well over to TV. So right. when they started doing I think more that, original content... But I think that the radio shows were specifically the reason we have the Twilight Zone oh, absolutely. and Night Gallery and the things that were the not a no continuing characters just a short story every week. Yes. And I think that's great because that's how a lot of people found out about authors like Ray Bradbury yes. and uh um I Vampire. Oh, Richard Matheson. Richard Matheson. <laughs> okay, so now we can just randomly talk about stuff that we like. <laughs> it's okay, Jen. Everything's all right now. I just didn't want to run over anybody because no. my, my approach to gathering the, the yeah. names was just a little bit different. Um, what I do want to mention is because just because you did just recently mention the Scooby-Doo Where Are You is that the Scooby-Doo Mysteries Inc. is also, uh, which is a more recent edition of yeah. it, was really, really good. It, it was. It contains a lot of um, little asides to the original series while having a lot of God, it just felt made for me because it was every, every literary reference. That was it the was, one where Harlan Ellison did yeah, the guest they had Harlan as, as himself. As himself. As, as himself. That's in, adorable. In, yeah. That, yeah. That will never stop being funny to me. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> um, I, I saw a couple Twilight episodes. You know, it was because my television was so limited and I, mm-hmm. we didn't have a VHS until way late in the game. Mm-mm, we didn't a lot either. of the stuff that I saw was, so 
especially our CBS station, they would show the news at 10. And then there would be, there was an, um, a late movie mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at 1030. Um, but they would usually, what they would usually do was they would do the news and at 1030, they would have a half an hour something. Yes. And then on like Saturday and Sunday right. nights, they would have like, it was all the old Westerns and stuff. But every once in a while, there was like a stretch where they were showing the night gallery. Um, and, you know, from what I'd seen, I mean, there are a couple of like really, really horrific episodes of The Twilight Zone that are really scary. But the night gallery seemed a little more horror edge. It was more. Mm-hmm. It was. And, uh, but, but the thing is, one of those where they only showed it for a really short period of time, they replaced it with something else. And sometimes right. it was just, sh- you know, it was just luck of the draw of what they were showing in these That's exactly repeats. how it was with us. We didn't have cable. We had the three channels. Yeah. Yeah. And PBS. And if you were very lucky, you would get a horror movie in the afternoons on the weekend. Yeah. But it we didn't a have three... a TV guide or anything. Well, and, so and that, it was just yeah. catch as catch, catch can. You turn on the TV and well, like... Well, kids will never know today of just like flipping through the stations to see what's on because you dig through catalogs now. Yeah. Um, and, of... and there's stuff that you'd watch that you, you know, you wouldn't have necessarily chosen to watch, but it was the available... Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, well, it looks like it's Hee Haw tonight and Lawrence Woke tomorrow night. Exactly. Because, because my dad... This is where I get my my sleep disorder from. You know, Dad was up all night, yeah. So he would religiously watch the Late 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 Show, mm-hmm. and if it was a horror movie, he would come and see if I was still awake. And I mean, this is when yeah. I was like eight and nine, yeah. And I invariably was. And so yeah. if it was a horror movie, he'd be like, "Come out to the living room. We're going to watch a movie. Don't that, tell your mom." That's how I saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, uh, like the three thirty movie, a lot of often time would be um, a lot of Japanese horrors that were mm-hmm. monster movies. Mm-hmm. So that was you know where I fell in love with Gamera, and and saw the original uh, Godzilla that's movies. Yeah. But you know that's how I that the late late movie was the how I saw It's Alive and how I saw Kiss in the Phantom of the Park and and stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and then every once in a while you you know catch the random. See, we never got any. There was never anything as racy as that on our TV. <laughs> I saw It's Alive in a drive-in when I was like. When it first came out. I literally remember when a Minneapolis station bought our CBS station and the programming completely changed. Um, All of a sudden, it wasn't showing uh, Mm -hmm. the random horror movie anymore. Um, But other things that I can't say were necessarily good, but I just want to bring up because... And I'm fairly certain it never got a DVD release, but um, Freddy's Nightmares came out and it was terrible. But just a little bit after that in 92... um, he did a TV show called Nightmare Cafe, and it was um, it ended up almost being a serialized um, show. It was mm-hmm. basically, um, and uh, why can I see his face and I can't remember his name? The guy who played Freddy, uh, uh, England. Yeah, Robert England. Robert England. So um, Robert England, and he just had a, like a bit part. There was these two, uh, a man and a woman, who are on their way. They're stopping at this. Um, it's a diner, but it's like a truck stop diner. And they get killed right before the diner, and their diner is kind of limbo. And and every week, somebody will, like, come, come through. And... It's a little bit of their life, and mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of, are they going to heaven and hell, or hell? Right. And so... Depends on whether or not they order the decaf. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just silly, and it only lasted a season, and... It was only horror in that sense that, like, right. you know, those... Well, like, one of the things I have written down as horror television is Twin Peaks. Question mark. Yeah. Because there were some weird... Ele- there were horror elements in that show. And when I first watched it, 
because we didn't have the good TV, I watched it all on VHS, binge-watching it alone while my parents were gone. And it had the effect on me of a horror movie. I was terrified because we lived in the country and there were owls and maybe they weren't what they seemed. (laughs) See, okay, so this is another thing that I know that you wanted to bring up of stuff that presents itself as horror that isn't necessarily... Or Or has roots... In, in horror, horror or horror archetypes, but it's not quite real. horror. And a lot of that... A lot of Twin Peaks is that. One of the, the things that I've noticed of where there's there's been a lot of TV, especially in like the past, oh God, 20 years, that take horror archetypes and for a while even had the Monster of the Week storylines, mm-hmm. but aren't really horror. And it's the vampire genre because you had Buffy the Buffy, Vampire Slayer. Yeah. You had Angel, um, Vampire Diaries. And uh, True Blood. And I know a lot of people who are very much, no, True Blood's a horror story. I'm like, no, it's a soap opera. It was a soap opera with vampires. And there were like three characters that are entertaining. Yeah, it was Dark Shadows. It was Dark Shadows with boobs. Yeah. Uh, Yes. But stuff that I really, really loved that necessarily wasn't horror, but still had some fairly horrifying episodes or that were really scary Carnival. (gasps) No, I straight up am am classifying Carnival as horror. Because. Carnival is wonderful. I will someday rewatch it, but I am still scarred enough with the Babylon episode. Yeah, the Ghost Town one. Yeah, Yeah, because we we were watching it weekly, and it we the episode before that one where it had the teaser and. The, you know, there's her in the window, her in the window, leave. and the hand pulling her back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know what's happening there. And I didn't sleep that night. No, and then, yeah. just worrying about it. And yes. now, now and you then, have to watch it in a week. And we watched yeah. it the next week. And I was like, I called this exactly, and I'm completely freaked out by yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was a terrifying <laughs> episode, but um, it was such a good show. Yeah, and hitting the 90s. And I don't know if this is going to be something you guys bring up more, but mm-hmm. the X Files. The X-Files, what is it, the episode Home, still tops lists of scariest episodes of TV. Ever. Yeah. Home, yeah. the one with the baseball field. I watched that the first time it was, I watched it the first time it aired at Jana's house, and there's that thing where they're playing baseball, and he kicks the dirt off the thing, and yep. just blood comes up out of the ground. I was yep. like, this is going to be a rough episode. And we were like, at this point, we watched that episode, and we are like, I'm so glad we watched this, because I don't think it's ever going to get rerun. And it didn't. Yeah. Wait, yeah. is that's the no, episode that's, with the weird? No, the home is the episode with the house? family yeah, and, yeah, okay. and the yeah, and yeah. The, the the under the bed. Under the bed. Yeah. Oh, where she skitters. Where she skitters. Yeah. And pulls herself under. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. If you didn't see that, is, that when it aired and didn't buy the series, it no. It occasionally it. re-airs Halloween um, every once in a while on in FX. like something. But yeah, it's because I see the warnings go out. There were other, but I mean, and and even I mean that one was abjectly terrifying. Mm -hmm. It was just fucking awful in so many ways. And but there were other episodes too that were just so rooted in a deep fear. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't every day. And and you know, and sometimes it was incredibly comedic. But right, the the ones with the pizza boy was the vampire one. Yes, one was adorable. I love that one. Yeah. I loved their occasional, like, ridiculous creature feature. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, one of my favorite moments of, of uh, television is the um, Jose Jones. Uh, what is Jose it? Chung. Jose Chung. Jose Chung. Uh, something from space. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I didn't play D&D for all those years without learning a little something about courage. 
and, and, <laughs> oh. and it was just everything. And I wanted, I want the aliens to come and take me away because I don't want to have to find a job. <laughs> The older yeah. I get, the more that you know, the more resonates. sensible that sounds. I'm like, oh, they will experiment on me. But then again, then again, um, in another one that is kind of lesser known, probably not a favorite of mine, um, is a TV show out of uh, Britain called Hex. Oh, oh yeah, very yes. charming, and it's very much a a soapy yeah. demons and the supernatural and there's there is a murder earlier on where one of the most adorable women on the planet becomes becomes a ghost and so i mean it's got this supernatural element and right it is it is not wonderful but it is charming there is a i can't even remember what it's called there is a on hulu a kids show. It's like teenagers show and this girl is a werewolf and her family are werewolves and she's trying to hide it from all the friends in the school but her best friend is a this. photographer oh. for the school paper and she's like I saw a wolf in the woods and it was her friend. Right. And I don't even know what it's called but it is charming. It's exactly the TV show I wanted when I was like a 12 year old girl. Oh. Right, and there's more kid-focused horror TV. Kids are so lucky, or, they don't even or know. Or horror TV oh, yeah. that, or TV, kid TV that has some horror elements. Right. You know, um, and that's been a long goosebumps. road. There's been a long road since the 80s of having really, when they realized the market to do, like, horror light yeah. for kids. because kids love that. They I mean, do. not all kids do, they but do. when you're a kid and you're sitting around telling ghost stories to your friends and you get all freaked out, it's great. Aren't they doing a TV show of scary stories? Stories to tell in the dark. Guillermo is. Uh, Guillermo, Guillermo's doing nope. it. <laughs> if it's half as scary as the original art, hell yeah, we're there. <laughs> he said it's going to be. Yes. Um, yes. Um, but the, yeah, there's the, uh, like the demon in hex is played for people that this is their their bag um, is played by Michael Fassbender, which oh, that people does, think he's dreamy. They do think he's dreamy. I he looks like a prepubescent boy to me, but he's, to to those who find that sort of thing attractive, there he is. I was a uh, more about uh the the what did Gemina play? She was there was the, the ghost girl was yeah. kind of more my bag. But did you ever watch? No do you remember Forever Night? Oh, uh, Nicholas Night Detective. Speaking of vampire, I remember the that, the movie. Oh. First, it was a movie of the week, and it starred Rick Springfield <laughs> as the vampire. Yep. Oh, that's beautiful. Yep, I remember. And that. then, like a couple years later, it became a TV, TV series. Show. And oh my goodness, the cheese. The cheese. The cheese. It is. So I but found. Yet not as cheesy as Kindred the Embraced. And that's all we're going to say about that. We do not so, speak of so, Kindred the Embraced. So it's really funny because I found Kindred the Embraced, the entire series, like at half price books. And I was like, oh, like, I will make sure this is not unloved. I will not send it off into the wilderness to starve and be eaten by wolves. No, you should have. You should no, have. No, here's the thing, is I went through all the stuff that I was about to get rid of, and I take everything and I, I read the bar print mm -hmm. and check it on Amazon to see what it's going for. Yeah. It's going for a lot. And so what? there is, because it only, of course, had ever had one printing. Right. Never released again. And there is a little subset of people that... It was their bag. It's My stunned going, face is not, not going, going to come for across a lot, a lot, but it's definitely going for more than ten bucks. I mean, it's going for yeah. I was like, oh, Probably I guess I will. Hundred. I guess I will hold on to that. But <laughs> but no, okay, no. I'm just not speaking of possibly. It's so bad. One would hope would have horrific elements and is going to have vampires, but 
I, I don't have a lot of faith, is the eventually upcoming Vampire Chronicles TV show. Which, who's, who's heading that? Um, not no Ryan one. Fuller. Right now, they have not announced who the showrunner is no, going I to be. No, I heard that the showrunner was going to be Bram Stoker's crazy oh, nephew. Christ, that's right, it's Dunker Stoker. Uh, Dunker Stoker. Um, well. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, I found some amazing fountain <laughs> pens the other day that were the Bram Stoker edition oh, Dracula fountain pens. They're pretty inexpensive. They're $500, yeah. but oh my but, god, it's so, so pretty. So Brian Fuller was originally signed on to be the showrunner for the Vampire Chronicles, and he's he was a teenage Interview with the Vampire fanboy. I bet he was. Like, I'm when, not surprised. Well, when Anne Rice was still living in San Francisco and there was still such a thing as white pages. He looked he, her up and gave her a call. Yeah. I did that with Harlan Ellison once. But so he was, was signed on to be showrunner for that and all he of was super nice. I all bet of he was. All of Vampire Fandom kind of freaked out because if anyone was going to give us the super opulent super gay vampire series it was we wanted, it was gonna be Brian. And then he's he no longer work well with um, people it seems. I I suspect it is more that he had a couple more meetings with Anne and Christopher who are the executive producers and Perhaps went, mm, maybe we can't work together. But they don't even, they haven't even, I know that they've at least done one draft of, like, the first two episodes. Oh, they God, have, I've got to get that script. They have not gone to, they have not done any casting yet, even though Anne Rice keeps, you know, asking people so, for their opinions of who should play what role. So I know I, I I'm pretty sure I, I posted this to you. So on Rias's and Jilly's other podcast, The Night Libraries, they recently did an uh, interview with a vampire because they do trashy... Uh, hey, how, how do you? How do you? We we do well. We're a podcast about horror about horror novels. Um, we like on to get vintage. the vintage ones, the cheesy ones from the eighties and nineties with die cut covers and titles like The Nesting. And we did interview with the vampire, kind of as a fluke, because we both really enjoyed it. Because someone it whined until you gave in, and because Jillian so whined. It okay. So I. I got behind on all of my podcasts and when I started finally listening to them again the first one I caught up on was the night library and so I I I am am one of those people I read I read I think the first two and then I was just like and then I made the mistake of like reading one of her erotica books and I was like I was like burn all this shit with fire um, I think it was Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, 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 her yeah. article books were all the Sleeping Beauty, Taming of Sleeping Beauty, and I know, Sleeping Beauty and Wakes it, Up, and, or something. And, and I, I did eventually, like, dip my toe in a couple of other, and I was just like, wow, not for, not for me. Um, and so <laughs> I am driving down the road, and Jillian is doing the walkthrough of, like, the first... No, actually, of everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. of everything up to the last book that was just released. And I'm like, do, 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 do. And I like catch a, a little bit of myself in the mirror and I'm making like this, what? Huh? <laughs> the confused dog huh? face. What? No. And then horror. And then no. And then, I mean, it was just like, I'm like, I, I wish I had, I wish I was, somebody was watching me. I wish I had a video. I, I read a great theory that... Of the um, horror. It was like a cartoon. Oh, yeah. That interview with a vampire is is a good book, and it stands on its own, mm-hmm. and Lestat does, but everything after that is Lestat's own fan fiction. <laughs> and then I meet a sexy witch, and then I become the prince of Satan. Uh, and yes. then. <laughs> and then. And then. Space birds! 
<laughs> the Vampire Lestat's erotic friend fiction. <laughs> you're not really wrong. I know. I'm laughing Speaking so as the person in the room that. who has read all of them, oh, you're not bless, really bless wrong. Bless your heart and how you had the stamina to do it. I can't say much because up until like the last three books, I was still like hate reading Laurel K. Hamilton. Oh, oh God. sweetie, no. I was. I was. What is wrong Damn. with that lady and her? The last one I read had a 70 page werecheater werecheater orgy in it, and I couldn't tell what was going on. And her I sex like, scenes are super boring. I thought I was going to have to draw stick 70? figures to figure out where everybody was. I, How I'm like, can wait, the he's go that way? They don't go that way. I, I will he's just as an aside, I know so fanfic pee. writers who have been known to block out the sex scenes they're about to write with action figures. Good! Good idea! Yeah, so they're, at least they're figuring out what's that. physically possible. <laughs> I block out the sex scenes I'm about to write with heavy drinking. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. So one of the, the modern horror TV series that I know you've watched all I want to go into the stuff we love and so like the modern stuff. There's there's all one. Right. That's fine. Well, no, because I have But I don't want to miss anything that you love. I've watched exactly two Shut seasons. Shut up and talk about TV. I've watched exactly two seasons. And there, I cannot bring myself to watch the rest of them, but American Horror Story. I didn't even fucking put American Horror Story on my list well, because it shits the bed so every time, every, every time. single time. Oh, it'll lure you in with your promise of awesome witches or wonderful carnivals or vampires. Like, this should be my bed. Lady Gaga in amazing clothes yeah. as a vampire. Is, I know, I but that loved. vampire scene that was set to Bella Lugosi's Dead or whatever it was, the that homage orgy, to that uh, orgy I, scene the was amazing. Fucking furious because. I, the one of the ones that I liked the most was I really liked Hotel. I really like Asylum too. I couldn't finish them. I could not finish either of I them. I was like, okay, I I really like Hotel. You know, it has my new wave. It has my forties noir. It mm-hmm. has a big band. It has like yeah, it has yeah, all yeah, these yeah. things. And I I remember watching it and I remember liking it. And I think I binged it. I waited until like with all of these, I've waited until the seasons ended. Yeah. If I'd have been watching them as they'd aired, I'd have just I would have fucking dropped out. Like that's what early. happened. I was yeah. watching them as they aired. I'm like, yeah. I think I'm only, I've only missed like three episodes of Hotel. And when I look back on it, quality wise, and I've missed the last two seasons because I I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Roanoke starts really, really well. Starts strong. Just, oh, it's okay. So I tried to rewatch Hotel and they hit like the first rape scene with yeah. me. And I'm like, it's all rapey. And it's super rapey. And Every it's, it's season just vicious. is. It's so vicious. And I. It's you the He Man Woman Hater show, but the cast are all amazing women. How does this happen? I want and a I super can't. cut for Hotel of just of Lady Gaga's scenes. Those and are, uh, and uh, and Cleopatra. Liz, uh, Liz yeah. yes, those Liz are Taylor. the only ones Liz, I care about. Liz, I adored and I loved, and I loved. Oh my god, I, I love that actor. The, yes, and also, um, I mean, I, I liked a lot of the people in it, but it's just, it's so hateful. I can never rewatch them, and even the ones that I think I'm gonna like, they just go horribly fucking wrong. I I know there's people Pick out there who a love thing. Them. Okay, here's what you do when you're making a TV show that to make me like it. You pick a fucking thing. Okay, this is going to be about a haunted hotel with some vampires in it. Got it. Does it need to have a fucking zombie version of Rudolph Valentino knocking on the walls? No, it does not. Does it, does need it have, to have a serial Does it need to have H.H.H.? Yeah. Does it need to have H.H. Holmes in it? No, it does not. 
Yeah. I Pick one. Do not keep spinning the wheel of plots. Yeah. yeah. But their teaser trailers for every season were Oh, great. I know. They're beautiful. They sell beautiful. us, we're in, and then, that, and nope. then it and just... And then I don't fall for it. I, I know people that are totally into it. That's their thing, yeah, and their I'm thing. good for the, good for them. Good for them. I, I love the visuals. It is a show I like to interact with via gifts. Aren't those nice? Yes. Yeah, yeah the gifts are... Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I enjoy I did, it on Wednesday we wear black, but... It. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's little pieces from it that I am thankful for that I saw. But yeah, the show overall yeah. tries too but hard. It, but mainly, I just kind of it makes me angry now. That's, yeah. and that's all I'm left with. Yeah, like all the enjoyment is washed away because it just makes me angry now. So mm. I am going to let you two talk about shows you love because I know where I come well, in. I know. Hannibal I know. And Penny Dreadful we've got Hannibal and Penny, Dread, Penny Dreadful on our lists. We're going to get to them. Um, on the on the. I'm not a really big one, and I've only seen the first season. And I know that there's, I know another season's been released, and a third season is coming out is uh, Slasher, which was a Canadian TV series. Um, I really enjoyed it up until the very, very end, and I just thought it was not quite as good. Um, uh, for those that are watching Supergirl, uh, in the uh, first season, the main protagonist is the one who plays uh, uh, Luther um, yeah, in yeah. Supergirl. Mm. Um, and. It was really, really good. I, th- I think it's a very worthwhile watch. And it's typically, I know it was streaming on Netflix. And okay. I think at this point it's considered like a Netflix produced okay. show. Um, it was really fun. I know you wanted to talk about The Exorcist, didn't you? Because I didn't you do. love that? I absolutely adore The Exorcist. And I actually just bought both seasons. Um, I was kind of hoping that they would come out with, um, you know, a better release of it. And I just don't think they're ever going to. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The Exorcist 1 and 2, the first season and the second season, kind of focus on two different possessions. And the very first season starts off with, um, oh, Jesus, criminy. Anyway, I'm not... I'm not uh, <laughs> it starts Jesus, off with Jesus. No, well, that's going to make the possession a, a little, little more easier, difficult. Yeah. Uh, with Gina or Davis easier. and uh, guy, the guy who played Cameron. Um, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is, the name is escaping me. And so basically it is, uh, they're living, a family that's living in Manhattan, they have two teenage daughters, and the, the husband was, I believe, an architect who had a traumatic brain injury. And so he is occasionally just dealing Sorry with... Sorry about that. <laughs> my water bottle, it was yeah, not so, me. It was okay. Um, and they start having problems with with one of the daughters, and then... And then it ends up being a possession incident. And the family is amazing. The priests that they bring in is a taunt, well-told story. Everybody who's acting in it is absolutely wonderful. And then when you come to the second season, you've got John Cho. um, And then it it, uh, brings the two priests that you're dealing with from the first season into the second season. Okay, so if you watch the first season... It's a cl- it ends. It's a closed it story. Is. And then that's the what I wanted season. to know because I did not want to start watching a show that I know didn't get renewed, and then it just drops me. It deadwoods so, me. So I don't want to be deadwooded, which I have not seen. So you'll hate Deadwood. It's full of horrible, mean people. <laughs> which is why the thing is, every once in a while, I think everybody says so many good things about it. I kind of want to watch it, but then it, I start watching an episode, and they're horrible people. Yeah, uh, they're all horrible people. But it has swearing. That is Shakespearean in its depth. Again, a show I appreciate through gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so each each season can be its own mm-hmm. story. Okay, with, well that's with, good then. With a thread line okay. through, right. through the entirety of it. It is a 
it's just a wonderful story. And there are times where it is so terrifying. It is almost unspeakable in its terror and it in its peril. Mm-hmm. And you really and it, it it does where and it has so many beautiful homages to the first exorcist and to Legion. Oh um, and there may be some throwaway things to Exorcist 2, but I don't know because I've never fucking watched that. I've watched Exorcist 2. I have watched Exorcist 3 a million times. It is in one of my top five horror movies of all time. Same here. So when they when they touch that, you're just like, this is, oh, thank you. And, and it's never done in like a schlocky like, hey, way. It's done like, oh, you like us. You, you like the people who are fans right. of these movies. That was well, a beautiful gift you gave us. That's how I feel about some of the stuff in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like, they're... Oh, they love movie lovers. They love their movie homages, but they try not to make them too obvious. But, like, their stained glass ceiling in their living room is the stained glass ceiling from Suspiria. Right. And stuff like that in the background, and I love that. Uh, One that I was going to bring up that isn't necessarily a television show, but was a three-part TV movie, was The Enfield Haunting. Oh, Oh, my God, that's so good. It is... Timothy Spall breaks my heart in it every time. And I was like, well, that he's totally weird looking. Why would the actor make those choices? And then you see photos of the actual investigator and he's yeah. even weirder looking. Yes. Yep. Yes. And it's just, and it's it is, so, there's points where it's so terrifying. Yes. And there's and parts where you cry. Well, you're just so sad for him because his character has lost his daughter. And there's this little girl that might be the center of the poltergeist haunting that is the same age as his daughter that bonds with him as he's doing the investigation. Yes. And it's just, yeah. That's the one that was aired over in the UK and wasn't... It wasn't that the one that terrified you because it is literally is... we The movie version that we watched. Uh, oh, The Conjuring 2. That but is... Because that it is... is your, and Pete's That is my... House. Yeah, that is... Pete's house. My, my parent-in-laws, uh, my in-laws, that's what their house looked like. So, yeah, I was completely <laughs> freaked out. But when the actual TV show aired, they did not air it as fiction. No, oh. it was not... No, it was not... No, no, no. Are you, you're, are you, I think you're thinking of Ghost... You're thinking of Ghost Watch. Oh, Ghost Watch, yes. I'm sorry. Now, Enfield Haunting is... It is, like the, a, it is the telling that of, of Conjuring 2. It is yes. the Enfield okay. uh, Poltergeist. Haunting, it's just a better version of it. it okay. Is, with better actors and a deeper storyline, and it's not... I really like Conjuring 2, and I, I get where Enfield Haunting is a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a lot more in-depth. Um, I like them both. Um, but it's... Fantastic! I'm so glad that you came over one day and we were just yeah. Like I was randomly. like, no, we're gonna binge watch this. You'll like it. Shut up. Watch yeah. it. Try to watch it. That is her love. <laughs> that is how I show my love. That is how you show your love sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, in the not exactly fantastic, but I really enjoyed it is uh the first season that they aired of Castle Rock. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I did watch The Mist. Speaking of Stephen King TV show adaptations, and I hated it. Yeah, Castle Rock I really loved. A lot of people didn't. Okay. Um, I found it very disturbing. Um, there is. I want to watch Castle Rock. I, I just... really enjoyed it. And there is... So basically, is it Scarsdale? Am I remembering the pronunciation of his last name? Because he's the same, he's the brother of... Um, Skarsgård? Skarsgård. Is it Skarsgård? It could be a Skarsgård. It could be a Sarsgård. Is it Sarsgård? There's two f- actor families. It's the, it's the guy who played Pennywise. That's a Skarsgård. It's an Eric? It's the younger one. Yeah. I... Anyway, it's the guy that played Pennywise in the version. And there is an error. They, they find this young man... Uh, basically 
uh, caged in the bottom of a prison. And there is an air of, uh, like, there is literally, like, a proximity to him and terrible things just start to happen. And it brings out the most in people. And you don't see anything, but he's just wandering through the city and you hear him listening to a family having dinner with a five or six-year-old little boy having a birthday party. Oh, God. And he walks past and something terrible happens. Yes. And it was probably without showing anything. Yeah. Like you oh, hear Stephen King stop that nonsense. Yeah. You hear you hear the tenor of the conversation start to turn change. in anger starting to oh. end things and violence starting to happen. And it goes from like you hear them, they love they love each other and then something just goes wrong. Oh. And it awesome. is it is gutting and um and yeah, it's it's kind of a little bit of a morality play in what happens when, you know, what do you do to protect others and mm-hmm. everybody's you know there's a lot of like really broken characters in it and it was yeah. just it was a fun ride i really enjoyed as, it as a complete aside every time i see someone talking about castle rock mm-hmm. i have a split moment of misreading it and giving myself an earworm because i think fraggle rock wait yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> perhaps no let me reread Not, that nope nope <laughs> so i brought up a whole bunch of the stuff that i love i want to hear the stuff that you guys love you talk first, because um, you know my shows, and I won't shut up. Well, I really liked um, the Netflix The Haunting. Once I divorced it from the source the material, House, yep. there is an episode where a kid decides he wants to go for a ride in the dumbwaiter, and it drops down into the sub basement, and they can't get him back up, and there's something down there because, with him. Yes, and they didn't and know there was is, a sub basement, so that's no, why they don't no, have they access to it because that's it was all walled over. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The only way you can get to the sub basement is, is through, through the, the dumbwaiter, which they've been forbidden to use because they're children. Yeah. So he's down there. But they look, look, you might fit in this. No. Yeah. No, he was horrible. like, he's like, no, push the button, send me upstairs, it'll be fun. And his sister's like, no, you're not supposed to be in there. And he begs her to do it. She pushes the button, it goes down. He has a little tiny crappy flashlight, which keeps going out, which of course is perfect. And you just hear him screaming and screaming in terror as she's pushing the button and it won't come back up. And And it's like just one of the episodes, that's just one of the little scenes in it. And it is, it was when I decided that the show was maybe too scary for me and I couldn't watch it alone. (laughs) It really, really masterfully time hops. I need oh, yeah. to watch and it. And is that a body in the corner of the basement moving toward him, or is it a pile of old rags that is just you're just catching a glimpse of it because the flashlight I've is going over it? I've had that problem in like two different basements I live in. Oh Me my too. god! Yep. Ugh. Yep. And th- <laughs> Me too. And, That's why it works. And there's stuff that he that uh, that he does in the director does in Oculus where. You'll be going through a modern day scene, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, oh. you will see characters as they were as children. children. Oh, and and there is a fluidity to your timeline. I have that watched you're Oculus in. so many times and tried to like it, and I just I don't know. Maybe I'm not getting that out of it. I, I need to really watch like it again it. when I am not super sleep it, deprived and Pete isn't out of town. Maybe what? we show it at a movie night at some point Absolutely. because I would like to see it, it again. It, there's a bunch of them that I showed really, really early on that I would love to well, re-show. Well, it really helps me. Like, 
because when I'm watching it at movie night, it's on a bigger screen and I'm paying attention and not talking. I'm not folding my laundry. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say, so I had, uh, Oculus was one of those really bad experience, um, movie viewings where there was a couple who brought in their very small children. Yeah. You've, you've talked about that. And it was just a fucking miserable experience. And, and then also the story itself made me really angry with its ending. Yeah. And it is a movie where I've decided I've rewrote the storyline a little bit and I, and now I love it because I've decided it tells a slightly different story and I don't care cause I love it. Look, you can have your fan theories, and if they make you happy, they do. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Um, you mean how I feel about season three of Penny Dreadful? Yes. Oh. Another (laughs) thing that I really liked, and you guys are going to make fun of me because I don't even know if it's horror. Yes, because that's what Is Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. It was a cartoon that takes play. It's a brother and sister who've come to live with their uncle. Runkle Stan. Runkle Stan, who runs a mystery shack type business. And the son finds these three arcane manuscript books. With a handprint with six fingers on it. And then each book, and he goes through the books, he's like, there's supposed to be this horrible monster here. And as it builds, series after series, by the time it gets, because it does literally end at the end of that summer, and each episode, some of them are really funny, but toward the end it gets all weird and Lovecraftian, and there's this weird door between... That's what I've been told. And and again, this is another show that I've interacted with through screen caps and Uh gifts. Yeah, and it sounds really interesting. One of these one of these (laughs) months, I'll get around to watching all of it. But I saw like the first episode. The uh, the eldest godchild, Tiki Box, made me watch the the first episode with them. And at the end of the episode, I was like. So Grunkle Stan is the cartoon version of my dad. Oh yes. Oh he is. One hundred percent. So I have Which to... I really liked. Um <laughs> what's that? And one it episode? is it's really horror adjacent. And, and there's my favorite thing that ever happens is the little girl is such a little girl. She's just so happy and she has rainbow shirts Mabel. on. Mabel. Have and I then ever there's shown this... you the Jim and Tecla Mabel and Grunkle Stan cosplay? Yes, it's, it's adorable. Beautiful. Anyway, um, <laughs> This one episode, she goes to an arcade, and they're like, you get a choice of prizes. You can have this adorable stuffed animal, or this, what is that thing that shoots the thing? This grappling hook. And she just screams at the top of her lungs, grappling hook! And then goes on to use it in almost every episode to escape something. And I love the continuity, and I love that the cute girl took the grappling hook. And it's it's just... And the, like, last... The last few episodes are pretty messed up and scary. They, like, almost land in hell. I mean, it is literally, like... It's another one of those shows that fandom and fic fandom really latch onto inexplicably. And It's got that goth kid in it that's such a sweetheart that's the ex-boyfriend. What's her name's boyfriend? But also the fic fandom is a super divided fandom because you've got the people who are just writing basically additional episodes of the show. Right, with no sex, no adult content, right. and then you and got then, the perverts. And then you got the people who are writing the adult content stuff, and, you know, no. whatever, you you write what you want to write, uh, depiction is not the same as endorsement, but perhaps they're, please tag your stuff accurately, so... Yeah, they're like 11 or 12 year old kids, and I just can't. Yeah, just, I just can't. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. I'm not saying you can't write it. I'm just saying, please take it. Please mark it. I don't want it. I don't want to read it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to read it by accident. I don't want to read it on purpose. Yes. Just <laughs> enjoy your little corner of the web there, yes. sweetie. Yeah. You have your corner of hell. The rest of us are over in our corner of hell. We don't need to cross over. So, yeah, I really loved that show, and it just came out as a fancy box set. I, there's episodes I haven't seen because we kind of started watching it, like, in the middle of it, of it. But I really like it. Um, and, and it, like Steven Universe, <laughs> got really fucked over where there was a season of it that lasted like two years. Yeah. yeah. And they would have a couple of months pass. And Between then episodes, release, and yeah. And release an episode. And I'm like, why do you do this? Yeah. And um, uh, Steven Universe is doing the exact same thing. And it's it's heartbreaking. Cause well, it's Steven like, Universe is ending. It's Well, it's been in a theory of ending. They haven't confirmed that. Well, okay. Have they confirmed it? Well, the last commercial I saw for it said the series finale two-hour episode was going to be on in like a month oh okay but i don't know if that's made if i wasn't paying attention okay. <laughs> but i don't know but yeah it is they have the author you, it, you've gotten the sense yeah. that it's yeah. wrapping up towards yeah the, the writers have said we could keep going with it but we really think that we're coming to an end yeah okay so and i'm happy we'll with that as long as it's their call but i, I just yeah. don't understand why and, and purchasing it has been terrible because they break everything into like 12 episode mm-hmm. increments and call yeah. it a season and charge you an arm and a leg for uh, it. It's been really ugly. Yeah. Uh. So there's that. Um, oh, what else have I liked lately? Did I write any of the stuff I liked lately down? No. I watched um, Perfume, which is a murder mystery based about a bunch of kids who become obsessed with the book Perfume, mm. the story of a murderer. Which is pretty horrifying. And the the book, one of the, the, book, the series, yeah. Yeah. and one of them, when they're all grown up, one of them is found dead with all of her hair shaved off, and all of her gland, her scent glands cut out. Oof! And that's when the cops come in and try to investigate this. And in each episode, we find out a little more about these kids and their weird smelling club in high school and what they were experimenting. And there's, like, a picture in the newspaper of these kids being followed by this herd of puppies. And then, like, in another episode, they discover a dead dog with all of its scent glands cut out. It was a mother dog. And they realize that the kids were making, that the guys were making this perfume to make the dogs as an experiment to see if they could get the puppies to follow them. And then there's a couple of other women that are murdered, and there's a story that you don't find until the last episode as to why they were murdered and what parts of their personality are being put in this perfume. And it's a detective show. It's really good, but it's super sexually graphic. So if that is something that squints you. If that's something that freaks you out, you're... Yeah. It's not always friendly sexually graphic. Okay. Uh, um, a, a series that I didn't love every episode but i appreciated i am glad that it got to happen is masters of horror because i think there are a lot of stories out there that don't make an entire film i agree i think that shorts horror anthology shows are important Mm -hmm. unfortunately there was only one episode of masters of horror that i didn't hate oh i i liked a lot of well i liked dreams in the witch house i thought it was a good adaptation but Cigarette Burns, the mm-hmm. John um, Carpenter one, I loved. Yeah, I loved I loved that one, too. And there's a, you know, I don't think there were any, there were very few that hit very high, and some of them were just gross imprint. Um, mm-hmm. And oh. Jennifer is pretty fucking gross, too. 
Um, yeah, some of them were just gross-out films, and I didn't understand why they did that. Um, I, Incident on and off a mountain road was pretty good because the story's good. Yeah, I loved. Um, um, gosh, what was the one? It was it was the the one that had. Um, what's her name? Tank girl. Oh yeah, she was her and her the her and the, her the, the, golden, the chosen the, child, the golden, yeah, the something child. child. Um, and so, I loved there being an opportunity for masters of horror to dip their toes into something that wasn't necessarily commercially viable. Right. What they did was they would take... And they weren't successes all the time. They would take a very a famous author or, or a famous story. Right. Like uh, the Screwfly Solution, I think yeah. it's called. Mm-hmm. They would pair them up with a famous director. Say, John Carpenter, here is a story by Ray Bradbury, make it into a film. Yeah. So it was always two people, two authors, or like one of them is an H.P. Lovecraft. Or two one. creators who who are good or who are very yeah. talented. I mean, it was very basically right. considered basically a venue for right. masters, master directors of horror. Um, and, and I can see where that could be really, really good, and also like have some horrendous misses. Exactly, I can, exactly. Right, because because there's a reason why some things aren't commercially viable because they're not enough. Yes. Or, or they're, they're not good enough. Or they're just... Like, there was one where there were a bunch of zombies and everybody was all freaked out. Why are there zombies through the whole episode? And, and then it, it turns out that they were all guys who were coming home to vote against the war. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that Sometimes kinda... the allegory gets a little heavy-handed. Yeah. yeah the show, it, was... it could be heavy-handed or it could just be... They took a story and they <coughs> turned it into a gross-out story because mm. that's the kind of director Takashi they are. Takashi Miike was, right. just, just, was just... Right. Oh, it was so beautiful. It was beautiful, but it was ugly and mean. And It was. But yeah. the picture of that beautiful clear river with all those unborn fetuses floating under the water, just enough that they might not be what you think they are, oh. was the just the f- photography in it was stunning. But yeah, it was super gross and super depressing. Yeah. And why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, One that uh, was... uh, People are going to laugh at me when I bring this up. There was a show that came out that was called MTV's Fear. Oh, yeah. And the first season of it... It's, it's, it was a reality show where mm-hmm. they would bring in a bunch of young people. And then try to scare them. And try to scare them. The second season, they started going way over the top. They was like, take this Ouija board in this suspected haunted area and play with it by yourself. Yeah. Like, it was like really like, just don't fuck with, like those are things you shouldn't fuck with. Right. But the very first one was like. No and, good story ever begins with the words we were screwing around with a Ouija board. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the very first season, it was literally like, we'll take them. All right, you need to walk through here by yourself in the dark. Right. And just, there were a lot of times where they were filming it, and you were in there with them in the dark. And so all you're hearing is their breathing. And they're terrified. Oh, no. And I, so it was a lot of, you know. Right. I watched, like, two episodes of it, and then and I'm it like, was this. really frightening. This hits some of my issues, and I should not watch this. Exactly. I watch that. I think maybe I'm confusing it with Fear Factor, where they eat a lot of bugs. Yes. Yeah, you're confusing it with yeah. Fear Factor, which is another one where I was and, like, wow, no. And I loved it because it was, it was a, re- a real version of what scares me in a lot of horror movies. Yes. And very realistic reaction yeah. to that. But when they started fucking with it so much in the second season, it just got awful. And it right. It's like when you're going canceled. through a Halloween 
like a Halloween haunt, if there's a section that's just dark and quiet, that is a thousand times more scary than the guy with the chainsaw chasing you around. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're like, something is going to jump at me because something has jumped at me every other room room. in this haunted house. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So uh, one of the ones that I'm going to bring up is I finally finished every season of Channel Zero. And I loved them all. And it just came out that Sci-Fi has canceled that that Aww. show. And, right. you know, that happens to a lot of horror. Because yeah. the thing is... I'm with, willing to give it a shot. I did not care for Candle Cove, but I didn't make it all the way through Candle Cove. What I like about Channel Zero is they're all... Was that a kitty? That, that was, was a, a kitty. bonk. Maggie's been very sweet lately. Hi, sweet Maggie. Um, they're all... They're like six-episode series. Mm-hmm. Everyone oh, is a complete beautiful. encapsulated show. Right, and they're all based off of creepypastas, right? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And they they go completely different directions. They don't do the thing that um, American Horror Story does where it goes too many different directions. Because pu- it's so short, you can't. Well, also... You can't go crazy with it. I have, I have learned that creepypastas, for all that they're like, they're a communal, shared world storytelling thing, they all are very... They don't go carry off in multiple directions. They are all... A very the, quick slice. The, the, the good conceit. ones are focused. Yeah, the, yeah. Qui- the quick conceit that people are sharing is one specific idea, and then it, it goes... Everyone works within that boundary, within yeah. that frame. Mm-hmm. And there is just... You know, I, I was happy that I waited to watch them until all of them were out. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched the very first season, and then I waited until all the other three yeah, seasons were Yeah, because I out. didn't make it through the first season. I was like... Why is Toothboy in this? He has nothing to do with Channel Zero. Toothboy was the best. Was the best. Um, so I, I got to like I like got that. to watch them all um, and binge them, which is fun, and I didn't have to wait week to week. Um, but all of them cover things that are truly frightening mm-hmm. without making them too too much in any way. You know, mm-hmm. the idea of like all of a sudden you walk into your basement and there was a door that wasn't there yesterday. Nope. And when I you find and when you finally get into the when you finally get that door open, there's another set of stairs going deeper into the earth when you're no, already in you. a basement oh, with like, another door. You on told it. me about this and I can't actually watch that because I've had those nightmares yeah. set in my childhood home. Yeah. So no. I No thank you. Yeah. That's one I and, can't. You know, and um, for all that I'm a huge fan of the horror genre, I there are certain things, things that I just like, can't no. do because yeah. of on of recurring nightmares. Yeah, so. speaking well, of that's what that's what makes horror interesting is because yes. it has an ability to mess with us. Yes. Otherwise, it would just be so generic. Yes, exactly, and and the thing is, I think why so many of the horror shows get canceled after two seasons is horror is so subjective. Yes, um, you know they they think that horror fans just are the small subset of humanity, period. Mm-hmm. But then we've got all of these little factions that have very specific ideas of what horror can be, what they want sure. horror Sure, there's the yes. romantic horror people who thinks you can fall in love with a vampire. There are the... Look, I can fall in love with a vampire and accept that they're a monster and that they're not going to change. <laughs> but what... Um, and and so the I thing is, is, is because they're not getting these huge audiences... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that it happens. Yeah. Um, and because they're never going to have the numbers. Right. You know, I mean, Walking Dead was really an anomaly for that. Yes. Of getting like that huge audience behind it. Um, I was really thankful. Speaking of like things you just can't do is I was really thankful listening to Shockwaves the other day to hear, um, Rob G say, I can't 
watch Black Mirror. I know there are really good episodes. And the, is it Bandersnatch? Is that the new one? Which is yeah, Choose Your Own Adventure? Adventure. I've heard really good things about it. But the thing is, he said, I, there's nothing I can do after having watched an episode to feel good enough after it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, that show, it, it brings me down. Feel, it's it heavy. It's hard. It makes me so unhappy. And it makes me so miserable because yes. it's just so unhappy. That's how I felt about The Walking Dead. That's oh, why I get miserable. It's I not on my list. Uh-huh. Anyway. That's why I could not watch Battlestar Galactica. Oh, it's Everybody just... I loved was talking about how much they loved this show. I ended up and I was like, I can't watch it because nothing watching. good is ever going to happen. And no, on awful. the other side of you know, horror is, is personal and what people define as horror, other people may not. Um, one of my top two absolute favorite shows, which is one of the ones I want to talk about, I don't consider horror. She's talking about Hannibal, folks. That. And Penny Dreadful are... To be continued in part two. (laughs) 